It's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Huh. You never made soup for me. Am I interrupting something? Would it really matter if you were? We have a situation. Brian radioed in. The Iraqi found the decoy village. Good. It's what we wanted. Brian followed him back to the shore. And they have a sailboat. Oh. I have no idea. So they have a boat. Sailing in circles will keep them busy. They could find us. I'm thinking. How quickly can you put together a team? Within the hour. And don't waste time talking to us. Hey, Colleen. I want that boat. Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we continue our trek into the third season of the series. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm Kristen, and we are into season three. I'm so excited. I love this season so much. I actually forgot how much I love this season. I thought that season two was my favorite, and now that we're in season three, I'm like, oh, wait, I think I really like this one, too. (laughs) Oh, no, uh, I, I love season three. Yeah, it's it's super fun so far, and I I loved all the memories of, um, just what's coming up and 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 being reminded of of things to come and things that have happened and blah. Anyways, we're doing season three, episode two, the glass ballerina, a gin and this sun flashback. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not gonna lie. I, we just got done saying like how much we love season three. I don't have nearly as many notes for this episode as I did episode one. Yeah. So, I mean, see, and this is dangerous because when you and I don't have a lot of notes, we tend to talk a lot more than we initially thought. <laughs> I don't so. know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You know what? It's it's a weird episode because I think, um, you know, in – in most season openers, it's usually the first episode that kind of sets up the season. And I think that we were still in like a reactionary type of uh, what, situation from the finale into the premiere that the setup episode seems to be this episode. Yeah. And Which- the way that they did it, I had a hard time connecting the flashback with current events. Well, it's also interesting to note, too, one of the things I found in my research of the episode is that I actually found out that episodes two and three were switched on the schedule slate. I did see that. Yeah, episode three, um, which is, oh, I can't remember the name of the episode. Um, uh, Further Instructions uh, was actually slated to be episode two and Glass Ballerina was slated to be episode three. But for sake of timeline, they switched the two. So maybe that's where a little bit of this kind of maybe loss of connection comes from. 
when it comes to watching huh. these. But I, I guess it'll be interesting to see when we go through further instructions next week how that actually how that actually plays a little bit. Yeah, so I think that that's really that's really interesting because I think with you saying that I'm going to I'll, I'm going to watch the third episode and then I might go back and watch one, three, and two. And see if it connects a little better. And see if that's a little bit better of a flow. I don't know. It, yeah. it, it might be a good exercise. We could talk about that next week. Yeah, for sure. Because I'd, I'd definitely be down for rewatching the episodes as well. I, especially in this season two and season three, I'm down for watching the episodes as many times as possible. Because as you mentioned, uh, you know, two and three, I know a lot of people, I think, kind of got turned off by the show. Uh, or not necessarily turned off, but maybe lost a little bit of interest going, you know, towards the end of season three into season four. But seasons two and three are my absolute favorite of the show. And that's not to say I'm still not looking forward to talking about seasons four, five and six, because absolutely I am. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm down to watch any episode of this show more than once. Mm hmm. Uh, a couple quick notes before we continue forward. This uh, this is a spoiler full podcast, so uh, please be aware that as you're listening, as we will be talking about things that happen not just in the pre in the past of the series, but also the future and how they play a part in what is happening now in the series. And with that being said, we we have a lot more. We do we do have a couple more. Uh, pieces of feedback for this episode that we usually get to at the end, uh, including two pieces from two listeners who've who've just started listening or have been listening for a while, but in, but are, are uh, contributing feedback for the first time, and it's more show related rather than episodic related. Mm -hmm. Do we want to do them now or do we want to save them for the end? You know what? You are on my. You, you're like in my brain right now because I was just <laughs> going to suggest the same thing <laughs> that we do it now. Yeah. Okay, um, so I I have one and you have one. Uh, mm -hmm. One of them comes to us from feedback. One of them comes to us from an email. Um, I, I have a feeling the feedback one's going to be a little bit more of a discussion. So why don't you kick us off and you go with the, the piece of feedback we got from the email? Uh, from a, any episode feedback. Okay, um, so this is from, I believe it's Leda. Or Lita, hello. Uh, she said, new listener here, and this is only my second time watching Lost. When I first watched it as it aired, it left me with more questions and answers. With Lost, much like Dexter, the finale ruined an otherwise great show. In any event, just writing in to let you know that since listening to your podcast, I have found a new appreciation for the show. Thanks a bunch for that. Oh, that's nice. And Kristen, the Rose and Bernard episodes, the way you spoke about them had me and the hubby in stitches. It's like you were talking about us. So now whenever <laughs> Dennis asks me an obvious question, I always answer in the tone of, it's Saturday, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I endearly call him Bernard. Oh, and Jack is the worst. <laughs> it's Saturday, yeah, so Bernard. <laughs> so thank you for the, you know, thank you for the new uh the the new feedback and uh you know, we appreciate the words for uh the the kind words about the show. Yes, so. thank you so much. Oh, that's so nice. I, I love that. Oh, I love new listener feedback. That's so exciting. <laughs> Yay. 
Uh, but also on the note of new listener feedback, this one actually goes back from a couple episodes ago, but there it's a little bit of a call and response because we did respond to this and, you know, we got, uh, but the, the reason why we're bringing this one up is because it's proof positive that we know not everybody agrees with our opinions on the show. And this Which one I goes invite. back. Yeah, absolutely. We, we love to hear differences of opinion. Uh, and this one goes back to season two, episode 21. So it does go back a couple episodes, about three or four episodes. Uh, this was the question mark episode or episode, huh? as we so notably <laughs> called it. Uh, and this uh, this feedback actually comes from uh, Matt Steffens. Um, I think it's it's I'm assuming it's Steffens. It's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-S. So, uh, Matt, if I'm wrong in the pronunciation of your last name, I apologize. Uh, but this goes back to the whole inside the hatch when Jack sent Sawyer to get the guns uh, or to get the um, to get the the heroin to save Libby. Uh, he says, man, it's hard to agree with your Jack take, especially when you support Sawyer, who threw who three days ago was responsible for kidnapping and injuring son to show Jack up. Your argument that Jack's a bad guy for having Kate follow Sawyer is insane. It's a free opportunity to have more than only Sawyer know where the guns are. It doesn't slow anyone down. It doesn't hurt Libby. It's a smart leadership move. I imagine you two just got in a feedback loop with each other, but I don't know who else you're expecting to lead. No one else wants it. Hell, sometimes Jack doesn't even want it. But to say he's a bad leader and doctor doesn't uh, doctor because he couldn't save a guy who fell off a cliff and people who had gunshot wounds on the island with the line john wick killed people with a pencil who said that was it near <laughs> you that said that i don't remember probably me i had just watched john wick okay. so it was probably uh, me <laughs> <laughs> uh really points really points to you just piling on seriously you're comparing trying to save a gunshot victim with primitive tools uh, to killing someone with primitive tools. I get that you're not necessarily trying to go logical and just enjoying talking back and forth, but this one is a bad argument. So I responded on Facebook. Uh, ha ha, fair enough. We know that not everyone will agree with us all the time, but we appreciate the feedback. We encourage people to let us know when they don't agree with our point of view. Contrary to belief, Kristen and I don't always agree either, <laughs> Helpful, <laughs> which is true. Uh, hopefully your difference of opinion doesn't turn you off from listening to us further, but thanks for listening nonetheless. And we appreciate the feedback. Yay. And, and Matt actually responded. He said, it's my first episode with you two. I'll listen to, I'll listen to you more. I'm helping my girlfriend through her first run through my fourth. And while I love the lost boys podcast, uh, for their spoiler-free perspective, it's been difficult to find a podcast talking about Lost from a "How This Shows Up in the Future of the Series" podcast. I also think I may have I may have come off more harshly than I intended. Thank you for the level-headed reply. So, and you know what? And I didn't. Just to be fair, I didn't think he came across harshly at all. No, not uh, at all. I mean, you know, if you had called me names, that's where I draw the line. Like, if you don't agree with my opinion, hey. I, I welcome that. I think that that's fun. I like going back and forth. I mean, uh, some of the best discussions that da uh, Dave, Ben and I have gotten into uh, have been because we don't agree and it can be really fun. Um, but, you know, it's when people get mean for no reason. You know, I mean, on my other podcast, I was called a host of horrible names because I didn't like the way that a story had gone. And that was really difficult to stomach. But this this is fun. I, I enjoy this. And, and, I, and I understand what you're saying. You know, I think maybe I wasn't getting across correctly if that's how it was taken because it's not that I think that Jack's a bad leader because he can't 
fix people with, you know, the, the, the little tools that he has. It's that his ego has gotten so big that, um, that I don't think that he wants anybody else to lead because of his control issues. I think that, you know, he, he used that opportunity to find out where Sawyer's stuff is. Um, and I, I, it didn't sit well with me, um, as, as a viewer, um, <clears throat> especially since Libby was dying, Anna Lucia was already dead. Um, you know, and Sawyer was very willing to help with whatever it is that was needed at the time. So I just think that it was a little opportunistic and it, it didn't play right or sit right with me. Um, you know, and look, Jack, Jack was a big draw to this show, especially when it was on at first, you know, looking at the show of a, a decade later, um, with fresh eyes, I can see it a little bit more removed, especially after seeing it a few times through, uh, over the years. So, you know, I have fun with it that Jack is the worst. I really, I think that he is the worst. <laughs> and maybe I made, maybe I made a weak argument that episode, but I think that I've made some really good arguments in the past. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, he did. Matt did say that was his first episode listening, right. so he may have missed some of those other right. arguments. But I mean, I, I'm with you too. That as long as you're not going into like you're not insulting us personally or anything like that, we welcome the different contrasting feedbacks Absolutely. because it creates conversation for this podcast. Mm -hmm. So, Matt, you didn't come across harshly at all. No. Uh, Kristen and I agree with that completely, and. Uh, you know, continue to leave that feedback as you get caught up because yeah. we will we'll definitely use it on the podcast. So, you know, once you and your your girlfriend get caught up with the episodes and you start leaving current feedback, we'll start dropping it into the episodes. And, you know, it's it's going to create some really cool stuff. And, you know, I'll say one more thing, too, before we get into this actual episode is we you know, this is a prime example that we encourage anybody who's listening to us. Please leave us feedback, whether it's you agree with us or you disagree with us, because it creates these great conversations for this podcast and which becomes even better for the show itself. Yeah. So. And, you know, I love it that this is Matt's fourth time through. That's awesome. So you may see stuff that um, maybe we missed in the past. And I love that because, um, you know, I do as much research as I can in preparation for these episodes, but I miss a lot of stuff. Uh, Des will tell you that. <laughs> yes. Des, Des will make Des no, will let you know. no bones about pointing that yeah. out. Des but will I let also, you know that I'm causing him to beat his head against his steering wheel as I speak. So <laughs> But it's also it it's also good to know too that it's been difficult. Um when he says it's been difficult to find a podcast about loss that covers it from, you know, a spoiler full kind of angle to see how everything compares that there aren't many out there. So we're one of the few. Um, which is kind of good. It means we've taken a different aspect of, of covering this show that not many other people have. Yay, life. Which I like. Yes. <laughs> what? I said yay, life. It's fine. Okay. I heard you. I was just confused. It's fine. <laughs> uh, let's jump into the Glass Ballerina because, you know, while we don't have a lot of notes, there are definitely some things that we need to discuss about this. Um and as is customary, uh, whoever is, as we're reciprocating and going back and forth on hosting this season, uh, whoever is not hosting gets to kick things off. So I'll turn it over to you. Where do you want to start? Oh, where do I want to start? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to start off with 
my first watch uh, note. Um, so I noticed that. So last season, it seemed to be a lot about manipulation. Um, and and really, the major arc, I think, last season was kind of the uh, the destruction of Locke's faith and how manipulation from others uh, broke Locke down. Um, I think that this episode kind of highlights a, a, an emerging theme for the season that is good people being forced to do bad things. Um, and... I think that there's quite a few examples in this episode. Um, first and foremost, Jin, when we when we first meet Jin in in this series, he is the son of a fisherman who just wants to make it and be a success and not be a fisherman. He wants to he wants to make it on his own. And um, I forget what he really wanted to do. Was he an artist? No, that sounds wrong. Anyways. Um, uh, yeah, I don't remember. It's uh, all I remember is him just trying to be a humble person he and was a just real, get that a really good he just guy. Wanted that jo- he just wanted that job as a doorman just to make money. Yeah, and you know, I I just think that um, I just think that you know we've seen a lot of that old gin popping back up since um, since the raft, right? Mm-hmm. And. So we've seen that he's a good guy and we see in the flashbacks that son's father really forced him into a corner for years and almost um almost brainwashed him to the point of no return. And and he tried he tried to leave. He tried to stand on his own two feet. He tried to leave and he was manipulated back into son's father's uh hold and and his grip um very effectively but jen is a really big example in in this episode of a a good person that is being forced to do bad things uh son is the same way son as a as a girl was so scared of her father that she you know lied to her father and then she kind of started this this life where she was kind of two sons you know um the son for her father and then the son for her husband that that son like the surface deep son and then um and then the son that she really wanted to be and that was when she was with Jay so but you know, she also, she's been forced to do bad things, which for her is lying, right? She had to lie to her husband. She had to lie to her father. She was, uh, and then you fast forward to to now, and she's lying to her husband again because Saeed has asked her to, which is something that she probably didn't want to do anymore. She also, we also find out that she's been lying to him. She knows how to sail. Uh, she lied to him before about her knowing English. She lied to him forever about that. She hid the fact that she could communicate with the rest of the survivors from her husband and left him in the dark. Um, And I think a lot of that is because she had this institutionalized fear inside of her uh, that her father had conditioned into like the fabric of her DNA. So, you know, these are two people that, that have been forced into this this kind of deceptive personality, but at the root of it, they're really good people and they're, and they have good hearts, but they've just been conditioned, um, to act a different way. Um, you look at Colleen and Colleen clearly, 
um, you know, she has a relationship, she has love in her life, but she's she's being forced by Ben along with this other group of people to go and to either kidnap or kill to get this boat. Um, Colleen's boyfriend, whose name is escaping me right now, he he's he's a jerk, but I'm not sure, you know, how that got to be. I think all the others Dan- that are Danny. being... Yes. Danny was his name, yeah. I think all the others that are being controlled by Ben Linus... Um, are being forced into situations that they don't want to be in. Juliet is a great example of that. You know, Juliet, we know her backstory as as a rewatcher. And we know that Juliet is there because she because of her sister. And be, I think she was taking her sister's spot to make sure that her sister could go home. Um, and her sister's dying of cancer. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. She's there to get her sister's cancer funded or paid yes. for by being on the island to help she, with the baby she's there situation. so that her, she's there so that her sister does get better right okay yeah. thank you um like i said it's been a few years since i've watched the well, show i i want to i want to jump in with this a little bit and I, because i i see every point that you're making but i feel like with sun Sun's pass is a little bit muddled because yes, I do see how she's being forced into be certain ways. Like she, like you mentioned, she is a she's a son for for Jin. She's a son for Mister Paik, which is her father. But I also feel like there's parts of Sun where she's being a son for herself, and those aren't. She wasn't manipulated into sleeping with Jay. That was a conscious choice that she did on her own. She wasn't forced into making a bad decision there. She made that bad decision on her own. Absolutely. Um, you know, so but did she make that decision on her own because because she wanted to or because she was desperate for um, a better life or she I, th- or I think it's a little bit of both. But either way, she, she wanted to she wanted to do it. And that was a conscious choice that she made, um, you know, and, and that's the way I feel about anybody who does that to like a husband or wife like that. Yeah, no, no, no. Choice. I I can absolutely um, <clears throat> I can absolutely see that. I'm sorry, I'm getting over a cold, so I keep having a something catch in my throat. So I apologize if I um, no, it, it's fine. I keep clearing um, my throat. Uh, but, but also on on the same note with Juliet and Colleen, I feel like there's dynamic differences between the two of them because the impression that I got with Colleen and will never get again uh, is that I feel like Colleen's on board. Like I don't think she's being forced into doing this. I think she's fully on Ben's side. I don't um, think that she wanted to hurt Son. I don't think she wanted to hurt Son either. Um, but I mean, as far as the 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 action of going to the boat to get Son and to get the boat, I feel like she was fully on board for doing that. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't think she. I don't think she had any intention of hurting Son. I do, but I do believe that because we we have seen from what we've seen of them so far is that. Everything they've said is that we're not going to hurt you, with the exception of shocking people every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> for the most part, they've lived up to that. They haven't murdered. Well, well, they've, okay. they've murdered people, but it's it's they weird. Like we're in a people. weird transition with them. Yeah, they have hurt people. I mean, they they've hurt a lot of people and they've lied to people. They've stolen people. They've kidnapped people. I mean, they're look. And, and and this is another point that I have for later in our discussion. But for the sake of right now, I think that Colleen saying that, you know, Sun wouldn't kill her because she's a good person. Sun was forced to kill Colleen. I really think that, you know, um, Colleen forced Sun's hand. 
in that. Oh, I don't absolutely. Think, you know, Colleen didn't think that Sun was going to to do that. And I think that that was just underestimating, um, you know, just because you know somebody on paper and you've read their file doesn't mean that you really know that person. And it doesn't mean that they haven't evolved since being crash landed on an island for three months. I also um, think that I also think that Colleen's death was I don't see the way I looked at it when I watched it even and I thought this both times I watched it is that I don't think she forced son's hand. I actually think that was accidental. I think the startle I think son being startled by the engine starting is really what made that happen. I think she got startled and she pulled the trigger. Um, I, I think know. it was completely that, accidental. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I think that she killed her on purpose. I think that she felt cornered. Um, but then when you go up and you see her escaping off the boat, you see Tom Friendly, who we know is a good guy, and he shoots at Sun. So, you know, you well, have all these people that I think are really good people at, at, at the crux of it, but they're being controlled by by a lunatic. Well, but and here's it's made the, and, them and, do bad things as a result. I, and I agree with that. And I think one of the things is, too, is, you know, we get this overarching, uh, you know, theory and story about how these are the chosen people for this island. You know, they're the they're the chosen people from these numbers. And, you know, they're good people until they do bad things. And then once they do bad things, they're no longer good people, which means they're no longer of any use to them. So it was funny how Colleen went down into that cabin to confront son. And she told son, I know you're a good person, but if you do this, we become your enemy. And it wasn't until son pulled the trigger on Colleen that everybody started shooting at them. And I, you know, that Tom friendly started shooting at son and, um, but I also found it interesting. Yeah, but that, too- that's the point. That's the point I'm trying to make is that everybody's just trying to live their life. Right. Every, mm-hmm. But they're being forced into this standoff. They're being forced. Uh, son, you know, son's feeling like she's cornered and she has no other way out. So she feels forced to kill Colleen, to shoot Colleen, to get herself out of that situation, which then makes the other people that are on the boat, they are now forced to react and to be the enemy now when they're really not. And none of their intentions are that maybe Saeed. Saeed is the only one whose intention is to to kill people in, in this entire instance. I don't think anybody else was ready to kill anybody else. Um, and I think that it was all these people that were forced into this situation. And it's all because Ben wanted a boat. And Ben was in a panic and reactionary mode. Um you know, I think that that's the driving force there. And 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 there's just I, I just want to take a moment and just kind of talk about that just for a second, just because I, I do. Th- well, I do think that that all these people are just reacting off of Ben's impulses right now or or their own impulses or, or whatever. But when they're off the island, they're not these people. Now they're on the island and, and they've become these people, these survivalists that that are good people maybe not son maybe i don't know son, son's always on a journey but these are inherently <laughs> good people that have been forced to do bad things i mean even saeed saeed's a, a a beautiful example of this on a, on the island off the island his entire arc is that he's this beautiful person that has been forced into this life of of being a torturer and and being a manipulator and being a, a fighter and and a warrior um when really I think he just wanted to like sit on a blanket with Shannon for the rest of his life, you know? Yeah. 
No, I, I agree with that too. And I, I'm going to kind of jump points here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, do it. Uh, Cause I, I'm pretty much done to kind of just tie into what you were saying about like, well, maybe not son. There is, there's something that very obviously I'm, I'm jumping all the way to, um, to Jay's death. And I'm, I'm calling it Jay's death because I read a very interesting. Because he died? Well, because, yes, you jackass. Because he <laughs> died. Um, Smart ass. But um, no, I'm, I'm saying death and not suicide. Because I've read a very interesting theory online in that Jay may not have jumped. He may have been pushed. By who? By son. And no. there's, there's some interesting evidence that could play into this. I think it's a very loose theory. Uh, it's not a lot. It's not very tight in its in its evidence. But there is evidence. There is the evidence of, I mean, he he falls on Jin's car. He's holding the pearls. So you can, it's very easy to believe. And I do believe this is the truth. In that after the confrontation from Jin... Jin thinks he's doing something for Mr. Paik. In the meantime, Jay thinks he's being confronted by the husband of the wife he slept with, of the woman he slept with. Yeah. You know, they're they're there for two they're they're looking at each other eye to eye, but but you know, because of it, they're not seeing each other eye to eye. They, they're having they're both, two different conversations that seem to line up perfectly. Yes, exactly. That's the best way I could have put it. So thank you. You're welcome. Um but when we get that scene later, I mean we know that. J- son knows that Mr. Paik has walked in on them. He she he knows about her adulterous affair. Um, she also knows that later on that her father has sent him to do a favor and deliver a message. She has to put those two things together. She has to know those two things are hand in hand. So after he's, he dies and she's at the funeral, she doesn't confront her father. She doesn't confront Jin. She just kind of knows these actions have played out, which leads people to believe that there's a possibility she did it herself. Hmm. It's I'm not saying it's the truth. I'm not saying I believe it, but there's a little bit of evidence to support that. At least in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I. Because that, Sun is very intelligent. She had to have put those two things together. That is a long shot. Oh, again, like, I'm, like I said, I'm not saying that I believe that it's, it's the truth. But there is that theory that I've read online that Sun was the one that pushed him and it wasn't him who committed suicide. Interesting. But then again, I, I don't know. You know, it's just something that I read online and I figured I'd share. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I mean... You know, I plan to watch these episodes again over the next week. So maybe I'll watch with that in mind and see if see if that plays out a little bit differently when I watch it. Um, lastly, though, before we move on from this point, because I didn't mention it, is um, Juliet. Juliet is such or I we only touched on it, but Juliet is such a prime example of a good person that has been forced into a bad situation and forced to do bad things. Because Sawyer says, I saw that woman and that blonde woman would have shot you without question. And I believe that Sawyer knows that in somebody's eyes. I believe that his past has earned him in in this uh in this series, uh his character this has earned him a little bit of trust with the fact that that 
this is probably a true statement. And for her to go from, you know, this really incredible OBGYN doctor um, that is on the island to save her her sister um, to somebody who in their eyes would kill another human being just to prove a point. Um, that's a big, that's a big example of how quickly a good person can fall under Ben's leadership on the island. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree with that. Sawyer always has a good read on people. That's something he's, yeah, that's something. And that leads me into another point too. It's actually one of my two favorite points of this episode Awesome, is that I, I compare Sawyer and hear me out on this. Sawyer is a velociraptor. <laughs> Out of everything that you could have said, that <laughs> is not, I did not, <laughs> I did not see that one coming. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out on this. We get that scene with the whole I flirty flirty with him and Juliet, which is a big foreshadowing of stuff to come from the future. I know. It was so exciting when they met. I actually smiled when they met. I didn't even yeah. care. I did too. Uh, him pouring out the water and then kissing Kate to kind of get into that scuffle. And we find out later on he did it because he was testing them. He wanted to see what they knew, how strong they were. And when I say that Sawyer is a velociraptor, I compare him. It's it's just like out of Jurassic Park. <laughs> There's the whole scene where the velociraptors kept running into the fences to test the fences. Mm -hmm. And they oh, knew... Yeah where the weak points in the fences were in order to escape. That's exactly what Sawyer is doing. Well, and that's exactly. You put a feral character like Sawyer into a cage. He's going, he's going to act like a feral character. So that that's a really good, that's a good um, analogy there. I mean, I know it sounded funny when I first said it because you didn't it expect did. it, but think about it. That's exactly what he's doing. And that's exactly what the velociraptors in Jurassic Park did. They tested mm -hmm. the fences to find the weakness so that they could escape. Very that's smart. exactly that's what he did. The people were the fences. They're his mm -hmm. captors. They're the ones keeping him in. So he's going to test their to find their weaknesses so he knows when and where to strike. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's exactly what he did. And I love that about Sawyer. He, it's so funny Sawyer because is street Kate's, smart. Oh, yeah, totally. Kate, um, Kate looked a little disappointed that that's the reason why he kissed her. <laughs> didn't didn't she? She did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's but I mean, but at the same time, he says, oh, and I did I did I did think about this, too. We talked about this last week uh, in Tale of Two Cities with Kate being brought to the, the lunch table with Ben and how she probably didn't eat. I think she ate. We just didn't see it. OK, because when when Sawyer says you taste like strawberries, what was sitting on the table? Oh, a big bowl of strawberries. I think she ate and we just didn't see it. Not that that makes a difference in the story. No, but that, it's that's just something good, that they didn't show. Yeah, that that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Interesting. So she I think she food. didn't. I think she did. She drank indeed the Kool-Aid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, and I just love how after he, he says you taste like strawberries, he calls her shortcake. I know. <laughs> I love, love Sawyerisms. Sawyerisms are part of my favorite show. I love it. I think I've seen a YouTube video like a long time ago where somebody strung together all of his nicknames. 
like it's got to be like a it's got to be like a 10 minute long video (laughs) (laughs) probably um so where do you want to take us after that so i actually want to talk about something okay i'm going to get a little spoilery here for a second because a couple weeks ago you and i were talking about who was who was at the Dharma Initiative when when um, the Losties were there in the past, and who could remember and blah 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 blah. Okay, mm-hmm. Ben and Saeed know each other. They know each other. Ben in the episode "He's Our You," I think it's in season five or season six. I can't remember. Um, young Ben goes and sneaks food over to a captured Saeed. Mm-hmm. So and um, the callback and 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 I know this because in the trivia for the wiki kind of brought me into this whole loop. Um, the callback to that was in this episode when Ben said to Juliet, "You never made me soup," because his father said to because um, Ben's father said to Ben, "You never made me sandwiches or you never made me food or something like that." That's because- it. Okay. Because he found out, um, he found out that Ben was taking food over to Saeed, the prisoner. Okay, so Ben's been there. Ben Ben should have known Saeed. So what what is it that like? What is his end game right now? Like, what is he doing? Because if he knows Saeed and he knows how Saeed operates, or he's talked to him, or I mean, Saeed was the one that told Ben, you know, like everything that was going to happen or that they were in danger, there was an incident or something. I didn't watch the episode. Um, I just looked over the notes. But there was a conversation about the future to Ben in Ben and Saeed's uh, visits. So, you know, I don't know what kind of a deck Ben Linus is working with here. And I don't know what he (laughs) remembers, if he remembers anything, right? Did the incident just wipe everybody's memory? Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, do you think it's just, it could be just as simple as Ben just doesn't remember Saeed? I mean, we're that talking seems like significant a, a 30 years to remember. Ago. Yeah, but that seems significant. A prisoner that he made food for, that he got in a fight with his father over. Um, you know, his life was pretty boring and pretty. But um, let's also not forget that he goes through a serious trauma after that in being shot and almost dying. No, I understand that. I'm just saying. And I'm it's actually Saeed that saves him when that happens. Saeed is the one that knows he has to serve. Or is it Saeed that shoots him? I might be confused. Oh, I don't know. Because that would I be, do. I, I, I would like that irony. Because I do remember that young Ben is the one. Young Ben is shot and almost dies. And they take right, him. I do remember that. They take him to the temple because they realize he has to survive. In order for every, in order for events to play out, he has to survive. Right. We're getting very spoiler, so spoilery. So for anybody who hasn't watched this far yet, we're sorry for the confusion, but we warned you. Spoilerful. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe the incident wipes the memories. Maybe it's the gunshot wound that that resets him a little bit. Maybe he's had too many bong hits. <laughs> at some point that we didn't see. I don't know. But I would just think, you know, and what's funny is that 
you know, there's there's this Ben and Saeed connection anyways. I mean, Saeed is playing uh, is playing out this plan that Ben is in the middle of. I mean, Ben has Jack in one spot and he's playing Jack with um, threat by threatening Kate and Sawyer so that Jack will eventually do the surgery on Ben. So that is in process right now. Um, if you're a first viewer, you don't know that that's what's happening, but that's what's happening right now. Saeed basically lays out that plan. He says, we need two people and we'll kill the rest. And they're saying, and Sun says, why two? And he says, because that's how you get the other to talk which is exactly what Ben is doing. Yep. Ben is doing a version of the same exact plan. So we have, you know, this foreshadowing of what is happening on the other side of the island or the other part of the island or the other island. Um, Hydra, Hydra Island. Right. But but what you have is Saeed is, Saeed's plan backfires while Ben's plan seems to keep chugging along. But you have what you kind of get a foreshadowing of what Ben is doing without even knowing that that's what you're getting. And it's very interesting to note, too, there's a lot, you know, because of those points that you just made, there are a lot of comparisons between Ben and Saeed. They're they're very yeah. similar in a lot of ways in that and how they're and playing a lot of people of are going to want to. And right. And a lot of people want to compare Ben and Jack because they're like these de facto leaders of their respective groups. But. I think that you're right. I think that you could probably make a lot more connections with Ben and Saeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's it, it, it's very interesting to find, to as we kind of touched on a little bit too, to realize that the connection between these two characters, it goes a lot deeper. And as we're going to find out in future seasons. Mm -hmm. Because as you mentioned, these two characters have already met. Years ago, they've already met. And right, and what's funny is that Saeed doesn't know it because it hasn't happened to him yet, but Ben should know it because it has happened to him. I, yeah. that's that that's that shit's crazy. It's just a matter of whether <laughs> or not whether or not he uh, he remembers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's real interesting to kind of point out when we get to that point. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna have I to pay think, closer attention. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I. I you know, I love it when little stuff like little stuff like this happens, like a breadcrumb trail has started. Or if you're rewatching the show, you can see how other pieces of the puzzle fit together later by what is being prepped right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you just Absolutely. have more questions about, wait a minute, you know, I, so what I'd like to know is I'd like to know of how much of the future of this show did did these showrunners have at this present time? Because I'd like an explanation of what Ben knows right now. What does he remember? What does he know? Like, what what is the deck that he's playing with? And I think that by the end of the show, you know, it's okay. If, if by the end of the show or in a rewatch, it's okay to ask these questions, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before, too, about how far in advance, like the producers knew where they were going and you know, how people said that, like, they didn't they were completely lost and they didn't know where the show was headed. And I think there's definitely enough evidence to support that they had an outline at the very least as to mm -hmm. where they wanted to go. They mentioned the incident. The incident comes into play later. You know, the numbers come into play throughout. I think the, the writers and producers absolutely had an outline as to what the direction this show was going to go. I think where some people might get kind of lost and 
come to that belief that they didn't is that I think some of the details might be lacking, but the outline is there. They knew the direction this show was going to go. Right. You know? Yeah, I would agree with that. I just, I, I think that, you know, there are some murky details at certain points in the show. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of people like what uh, Lita or Leda said, you know, in, in the earlier feedback that, you know, the last season of Lost ruined the whole show for her, uh, much like, you know, Dexter did uh, with with that show. It's funny, though, like when I rewatch Dexter, I just stop after the Barrel yeah. Girls season because I feel like that's a really good ending for all of the characters at the end of season um, the Barrel Girls season. I think, I think it's season five. Season five. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's just an, a great ending. It's perfect. And to me, the show is successful. So I don't go on. Um, you know, the last season of Game of Thrones ruined the entire show for me. The entire show. I can I have a map of Westeros that's framed in my office and I can barely look at it right now. Um, so I, I understand what the feeling of betrayal is on your on your favorite show. I understand how the last season of, of Lost can can ruin the whole show for you. Um, I hope that if you're listening to this podcast, that maybe we can help you learn to love the show again, even despite your feelings on the last season. And maybe when we get to the last season, we can all feel better about the show as a whole. And I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're rewatching with us, I think that's because you want that to happen. I think you want to find a new love and appreciation for the podcast, for the show, because otherwise, why would you be rewatching with us? Because they love the sound of our beautiful voices. Well, that too. That could, well, <laughs> one of our beautiful voices and me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those, like I said, I, I think they absolutely had an outline for the way things that were going to go with this series. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just, it's a matter of letting things play out now and just kind of rediscovering everything as we've been going through too. Because, you know, as we mentioned, Matt was on his fourth rewatch and I think that's probably about where, I am too. Is this my yeah, my, my fourth I would say rewatch this is series? Four. Yeah, I'd say this is four, four or five for me. I, you know, I was on bed rest for a lot of my first pregnancy, and I kept Lost was like my jam during that time. So <laughs> I have no idea how many times I watched it. Yeah, um, you know, and we mentioned like series that kind of ruined everything. Uh, I haven't rewatched Dexter since it since it ended because of that, because that last season ruined it. And, uh, you know, we talk about other series too, and uh, how you mentioned you just don't watch past season five of Dexter. Uh, I don't watch past season nine or season eight of How I Met Your Mother because the ending yeah. of How I Met Your Mother ruined the series for me. Yeah, that was a terrible last season as well. Maybe one day we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll do an episode of what, what last season ruined it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get to that because <laughs> there's enough of them out there that we yeah. could we could spend mm-hmm. a whole conversation on that. But let's get yeah. back into Glass Ballerina. Yeah, sorry, I went I went off on a tangent there. No, for a it's second. Fi- but it it's does fine. it does correlate to to what we were talking about just because of the Ben and Saeed connection and and the overall arc of both of their characters, uh, especially considering what happens in the future slash present pa- slash past. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't. It gets a little. And confused. all the manipulation that Ben does to Saeed off the island. Holy shit! I totally forgot about that. Um, 
he makes him an assassin off the island. Oh, well, yeah, but we haven't we haven't gotten to that point yet. No, I understand that. But it's like with everything that Ben knows about Saeed from the past and then everything that he he does to Saeed, you know, it's just it it's a weird it's a very complicated relationship that these two have even when they're apart. Yes. Well, I mean, again, it goes back to what we were saying, too, about how there is a much deeper connection between these two characters. We just haven't even scratched the surface for it yet. Mm hmm. You know, yep. and, and, you know, up until this point, have. Oh, no, they have. Never mind. I was going to say have Saeed and Ben been face to face, but they absolutely <laughs> have. <laughs> uh, yeah. A little bit. It's it's Saeed is the one that calls him out on being called and being They've named been... Henry Gale. Yeah. They've been fist to face. <laughs> that, too. Yep. Yeah, they've been locked in a room together, so I don't even know why I was questioning that. Oh, uh, because we're on we're on about eight different threads right now. So. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, what do you got? So, um, real quick, uh, did you happen to notice what Jay's room number was? I'll take that as a no. Oh, I think I did. was it eight one five. No, it's fifteen sixteen. Ah. Um, and the metronome that Sun is playing the piano to is set at a tempo of 108. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I want to bring up something, and I want to I want to get your take on this. There's the. I disagree. Okay. Uh, well, then I'll move on. Um, <laughs> I I like how we get to, and this again goes into the intelligence of Sun, and I feel like in. In the first part in the flashback, it's probably there if you go with that theory that she might have potentially killed Jay. Um, you know, but how she could most likely put the connection between the two that, you know, she knows her father knows about her and Jay. So Jin is sent to to deliver a message. She has to put the two of them hand in hand. Uh, you know, if not, it's a she's a little naive in to, to not believe that. But also going to everything that's happening on the island and we get that that reveal moment that Jin pretty much understands every word that they are saying. Even mm -hmm. though he can't speak English, he's gotten to a point now where he can understand it. Mm -hmm. How does Jin, how does Sun or even Saeed not realize that that's probably the case at this point? Because there are even moments where he has spoken English to Sun. So you have to know he's gaining an, a, a knowledge of the English language. I think that Sun and Saeed are two pretty arrogant people. I think that, and and in different ways, I think Sun thinks that she has um, a power over Jin with her knowledge of English that maybe has kind of muddled um, her perception of her husband. Um, and I think that Saeed is so focused on the task at hand and he's so confident in his ability um as an individual that i think that he thinks um that he's got a handle on everything around him um maybe i could be wrong but i think that the arrogance of both of, of both of son and saeed are um kind of manifest in different different ways do you think it here. might be because the two characters together that's what kind of creates that arrogance but separate they're they're actually not as arrogant if that's if that's understandable if what i said came across yeah say say that sentence again it do you believe that maybe these two characters are arrogant 
only because that's kind of the cohesiveness that forms when these two characters interact with each other and separately they're not nearly as naive like they kind of bring out this arrogance in each other maybe that's that's a thought i don't know i don't know i I mean maybe maybe it's you know uh, the feeling of of being the stronger of the two when it comes to sun and Jin. maybe um i don't know i don't know that that's a good question um that's something to think about but it, it brings me I wanted to bring that up to get to get to the point that I was actually going to make and the question okay. I want, the question <laughs> I wanted to pose to you because I, I kind of had to bring that up in order to to get to this point. Um, there's a conversation that happens between uh, Sun and Saeed and it's where after Jin asks for the gun and they get the realization that he understands everything and it's Saeed tells Sun that she's probably safer on the boat. And he tells Saeed, she, he tell Saeed tells Son that there is a gun hidden under the tarp, um, and you know if they get to the boat, you should use it. And she's like, if they get to the boat, it means my husband is dead, and I just don't care anymore. And Saeed says, as I said, the gun is inside the tarp. Do you think this is how? How do you take that statement? Because I don't it, know. It can be taken in one of two ways. It can be like, uh, as I said, the gun is inside the tarp, meaning don't give up, defend yourself. Or if you don't care anymore, don't be taken hostage, meaning use it on yourself. I At- have a few problems with this exchange. Um, the first one with son not caring enough to live if her husband is dead when she's carrying her husband's child inside of her. Possibly. I mean, we know ultimately that it is that it is Jin's baby uh, right but, now. She doesn't know. But this episode but, does call into question whose father, who is the father. Right. But for her to be willing to die with, um, you know, with a baby in her belly, uh, it says a little bit about her, I think. Um, and Saeed, uh, what I'm hoping, I'm really hoping... I'm going to choose to believe that Saeed <laughs> is saying, "Don't give up. Defend yourself. Yeah. Don't give up." Yes, not not end it, bitch. But you see, <laughs> but you see my point. How that could be oh, taken yeah. the other way? Absolutely, yes, te- definitely. Uh, you know, I think everybody was a little I, look. That whole the whole plot of these three it was a little wonky. I think it was actually a little a little weak. It was a little. It, it wasn't the strongest. Um, the strongest plot that we've seen so far. I, I think that it was really muddled, maybe not thought through very well, well just I, because, I mean, there's a lot going on and not a lot of it links together or well, makes a lot of sense. I can tell you right now, just to kind of further your point, the last five to 10 minutes of the episode were to me the most riveting of the episode. To me, the last five minutes were the most interesting. I mean, that's not to say I hated everything that happened in this episode, but to me, those last five minutes were the were the part of the episode, and we'll get to them, I'm sure. Um, oh, that was the part of the episode that really made me sit up in my chair and be like, "What the hell is going on?" Was it with the Jack, with Ben Jack, and Jack? Jack and Ben, yeah, yeah, Jack and Ben, yeah, Jack and Ben, Sawyer and Kate. Those were those were the strong the strong 
parts of the episode, which really stinks because, you know, Jin and Sun are are two of my favorite characters. So, you know, it, it just sucks that the episode had to fall flat a little bit. I think that calling back to Sun's father is an old trope from um, the first season. And I, I really think that Sun's father just needed to be let go already. But, you know, it tell it, it paints a picture. It tells a story. Yeah, for sure. Um, one other thing I'll question and then I'll, I'll pose a question to you and then I'll let you, I'll turn it back over to you. Yep. We get the whole moment that you mentioned about how Sun kind of escapes from the hatch on the boat and rolls over and Sin, Sin, God damn it. <laughs> Jin and so that's their ship name is Sin. Uh, Jin and Sun are kind of reunited out in the water. Mm-hmm. Did you get a, a, a chill realizing that that is kind of a foreshadowing yes, as to I the did. fate of these I characters? Did. Of course I did. Of course I did. I sat there. I was like, no, get out of the water. It's not time yet. <laughs> yes, exactly. It is a horrible foreshadowing of the fate of these two characters. And uh, that moment where they're in the water together, I'm like, oh, stop it. Just get out of the water. I know. It makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it. Yeah, it's it it's really a shame. I don't think maybe they knew yet at that point that was going to be the fate of those characters, or at least that was going to be how their fate played out. But mm-hmm. it's because of we know what the fate of those characters are. It was kind of it gave me a chill kind of to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'll turn I it back agree. over to you. What else do you, what else do you have for the episode? Uh, let's see. I can hear we've, you. We've I touched, hear you crossing out your notes. We've touched on, <laughs> we've touched on a bunch of this stuff. Um, I, you know what? I'll just ask you a question real quick. Sure. That we'll talk about at the end. Um, now, do you think when Jin saw who he was sent to send the message to, do you think that he knew? No, I don't think he had any idea that there was anything going on between him and son. I think he was completely naive to that. I don't think he had any kind of a clue. I think he was just doing a uh, doing his job for I think he kind of got guilted into it by Mr. Paik and he did what he did. And I think the whole Paik calling him son for the first time um, maybe kind of got, got in his head a, a little bit. I, and here's the thing, though. Yes, it's a dick move to call him son, but at the same time, do I do I agree with what? Do I think what Mister Paik sent him to do was right? Absolutely not. Like he wanted, you could tell in that conversation, he didn't just want a message delivered. He wanted an example made of of Jay, um, and it's because he felt dishonored by his daughter doing what she did and him being a part of that. But I do feel like there was a part of Mr. Paik that kind of felt for, for Jin at the same time by sending Jin no, to do that. No, uh, no, Do you think he was just, I, he was, he was making a point in, in having Jin do this. I think that he wanted, he might've wanted Jin to find out. He might've wanted maybe Jin to walk in on both of them so that it could be their business. He, I think that, um, you know, Mr. Paik is by far the most selfish man that ever existed in the history of, of, you know, a, 
oppressive fathers. And he basically just wanted to, he wanted to have Jay killed to make a point to son to stay in line. I mean, he's an abusive man. And he you and he manipulated he, he manipulated the situation for his benefit because he felt shamed and he felt embarrassed for himself. He didn't care about why his daughter was there. He didn't care. He's never cared about his daughter. I mean, you saw that from the very beginning of the episode. He never cared about her. Um, and he saw that he was raising a liar and he didn't care. He's like, hey, I'm going to have to fire the maid if you don't tell me the truth. She's like, yeah, it was the maid. Well, OK. I mean, he didn't want to teach her a lesson. He just wanted to save face and say and, and he taught her to do the same thing, to just save face whenever, whenever possible. He's a terrible guy. I don't think he had any affection for Jin ever. OK, that's just me. No, fa- I don't think that he really liked his daughter either. I think he wanted a son, probably. I do. I do agree with that. I do think he was kind of resentful of his daughter in that he just didn't care for her at all. You're right. The whole he glass- named his daughter's son. What does that have to uh-huh. do? With- oh, I get it. <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> in that, that's what he really wanted. But <laughs> boom. Yep. Uh, no. Okay. I. I tore- Robin Charles Sherbatsky. <laughs> Did you? Sorry. This this just totally this just totally made me my mind completely derail. But you know Drew Carey, right? Oh, yeah. Do you know what his middle name is? Charles. Allison. <laughs> I don't know why my mind went there. That's why he's a comedian. Yep. Um. No, I okay. I can see your point. Uh, you know, I, I you kind of changed my mind about that. I I kind of thought that maybe he felt for Jin a little bit, but I think you're right. I think he just didn't. He was just doing it to remove the shame from himself. Yeah, so. I'm sorry for stepping on you too. That no. wasn't very polite of me. No, that was very Mister Paik of you, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally fine. It, it happens. <laughs> um. I, I, I want to jump back to the whole Colleen and Ben interaction because I okay. found I've, I'm pretty much done with Jin and Sun. Are you? Um, yeah, I am. Actually, I have okay, no other cool. notes on Jin and Sun. Um, Me neither. I, I, I kind of want to jump back to that whole interaction because there's something very interesting that happens in that scene. Uh, it's the first time in seeing Henry Benry or Ben, however you call him. Um <laughs> It's the first time we see a genuine look of surprise from his face. Yes. Because Colleen tells him and they have a sailboat and he gets that look and he's like, how? Like he is genuinely in shock that they have a sailboat, which means this kind of jumps back to our point a little bit. He knew nothing about Desmond. He knew nothing about Desmond. Because that he would have kn- crazy to me, especially he, with all those monitors. Yep, he would have known. Well, don't forget that the monitors to the hatch were in the Pearl Station; they weren't in the Hydra Station where he is now. So it seems like only certain hatches can look into other hatches. There isn't like well, a, a centralized monitoring station, or uh, that was the Pearl. The Pearl was the centralized monitoring station. So, which okay. you could tell they haven't been to, at least not yeah, in a enough. long time. So, no. yeah. They haven't even picked up the books. 
Exactly. They haven't looked. Well, we found out, too, that the books just kind of go in the middle of nowhere. That was kind of like <laughs> another centralized experiment. But I'd set all of that on fire. Ben didn't. The fact that he didn't know about that boat means he had no idea who Desmond was or that Desmond was even there. Because he would have, just like he's done with every one of those passengers, he would have looked into Ben. He would have looked into Desmond's life. Okay, but Kelvin had the ship. Does that mean that he didn't know about Kelvin? Does that mean he didn't know about um, the Swan Station? I mean, was that just missing from from his knowledge? I mean, because Kelvin and, and Desmond were in there. And Kelvin had the boat. And, and you know, Desmond wanted to go home. I, I don't know. I mean, how, how do you hide that huge sailboat and Kelvin and that Dharma Station and Desmond? Well, I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying. It's just it, that that's a lot not to know about I, I, on the island. I think that he knew that Kelvin was there. But if he didn't know about Desmond, he doesn't know about Kelvin and the boat. Because he doesn't know the boat exists. As far as Ben is concerned, Kelvin is in the hatch by himself. So why would he ever think that Kelvin ever leaves? It's weird that for somebody with such control issues wouldn't be monitoring that situation. He might not have known that there was a way to do it. He might not have known about the Pearl or he just didn't care. You know, if Kel if he believes that Kelvin is in there by himself, which if he doesn't know his Desmond, that's got to be his belief. Why would he concern himself with somebody who can never leave that hatch? As long okay, as... Okay, then I'll... I'll then but he knew how to contact others through the computer system. Yeah, okay. It wasn't in, Michael didn't show up until after the until after lockdown when we don't know what Ben did in the other room before lockdown ended. Okay. All right. He could have he could have sent a signal to say like, "Hey, I'm trapped. I'm at the Swan Station. Uh, send help. That's where I am. They're trying. They're probably going to kill me soon." <laughs> and that's how they got Michael to leave the hatch by pretending to be Walt, right? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. L listen, I'm I'm honestly asking these questions. Uh, no, and 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 I get that too. I, you're right. It just brings up further. Uh, further questions because I mean I, I think it is pretty clear that he didn't know about Desmond um, but you're right that poses other questions it's like how did he why did he not know about Desmond and how are there other things that he knew about and not other things I'm, I'm or did he really think that Desmond just left or shipwrecked or I mean maybe he saw Desmond leave but he didn't come back or maybe he thought that Desmond found the coordinates to leave i don't know I, I i don't know yeah i don't know but i just i just found it very interesting that he that's that's the first work that's the first moment of true surprise that we get out of ben right you know i turn it over to the listeners if you guys have answers to any any of these questions i'd be really happy yeah what are, what are them. we missing like, are we missing something with this yeah. please let us know what which which direction do i need to go to read up on this <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um, I want to go into the whole Jack and Ben of it by the end of the episode. But before we do, do you have any other notes on the episode before we get into that? Um, the only other thing that I have other than the Jack and Ben stuff is, um, that I have this note. It's just the last thing that I wrote down. It's Ben asks too much of people. <laughs> okay. 
So I guess that's, I, I thought that at some point in the episode. <laughs> you don't remember why you thought that? You just know you did. No, it's a random, it's a random note. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm just going to say that sentence. Ben asks too much of people. There you go. I did it. All right. <laughs> um, I only, I have two other notes besides the Ben and Jack stuff. Um, okay. You know, obviously we at one point see, you know, Kate and Sawyer breaking rocks and they're, they're attempting to build something. Uh, I have two points or two questions with this one. Do we ever discover what they're building? Um, or two, we do see other workers there working on stuff. Are these people actual workers or are they also other prisoners or people being punished rather? Um, like are Kate and Sawyer the only two people there being punished and everybody else is a legitimate worker? I don't know. And why is Alex hiding? Well, Alex was my other note. So I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, good. Yay. We're on the same page. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, you know, we get her asking about Carl, which kind of answers the question from last week as to whether or not Carl was a plant. Uh, and we, we, we get the answer this week in that he wasn't. He was another prisoner just like Kate and Sawyer. Yeah, Ben didn't like his daughter's girlfriend. Uh, his daughter's boyfriend. Yeah, that's what I said. No, you said girlfriend. No, no, I, I, I said it the other way. <laughs> I'm not. I, I didn't. <laughs> sure, we can go with that. Yeah. See, it's fine. All right. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it's. I don't know if we ever discover what's being built there. Uh, if there's anything being built at all, I think it could just be moving rocks from point A to point B as a form of punishment. Yeah, I mean, they had a decoy village. They have costumes that they wear when they want to look like they're primitive. I mean, uh, who knows? Yeah, all I know is that we're getting to some really interesting episodes coming up. Uh, in you know, next week when we talk about further instructions, we kind of take a break from Hydra Island. And we focus, mm -hmm. we focus more on um, back to the other survivors. Uh, we come back to Hydra Island again in, in episode, f uh, episode four uh, and episode six. But five, I think, is, again, going back to the survivors. I think we kind of flip-flop now until uh, episode six, which was yeah. when they took a break for the writer's strike, which I've made points about before is an episode I love to hate. Because the ending of that episode pissed me off. It was off. the writer's strike. If they took a break from no... I mean, it in all essence, it doesn't seem like that long. Because it was from the beginning of November to the beginning of February. So it's about, it about a four-month break. But at that... I think it ruined prison break. Well, at that time, that was unheard of. Shows didn't take that long of a break. Right. You know, they went on break for maybe like a month over Christmas. And then they came back. So for Lost mm -hmm. to take a four-month break and then all these other shows like Prison Break, as you mentioned, to take a break for that long because of this writer's strike, it, it pissed me off because we knew they were taking a break. And the mm -hmm. way that episode ended... You didn't know if it was coming back. No, no. I knew it was coming back, but it ended in such a huge cliffhanger knowing awesome. that I had to wait for four months pissed me off. Hey, man, I had to wait almost two years for the shit show that was the final season of Game of Thrones. So, you know, it is what it is. And, um, yeah, so. Um, I also want to note, too, that episode seven, 
uh, there is a cameo appearance by somebody who I've met and worked with. So we'll, I can't wait cool. till we get to that and we get to talk awesome. about that. Um, Before we move on to Ben and Jack, yes, we do. Um, we do have a big, we have two big things with Sawyer. One, he meets Juliet, which we've already covered. And two, he properly introduces himself to Kate as we, with his real name, but which Kate calls him James, I think, for the rest of the series. But here's my- I don't think she calls him Sawyer I think again. he's been called James in front of her before. I think Locke does it. Uh-uh. I don't think so. I I might have to go back because I'm pretty sure he Locke has called him James in front of Kate before. She would have already asked that question then. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm remembering I'm remembering it incorrectly. But um, I also think it's interesting to note too that there are two new names in the credits this season. Uh, that be Michael Emerson. No, no. Uh, uh, Nikki Fernet, uh, Kylie Sanchez, oh. and Rodrigo Santoro. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> as Nikki and Paolo, which I saw those names and I got irked. I'm like, oh, <laughs> why do we have to talk about those two? Yeah, but those two are such good actors anyway, so just leave it alone. They are. They're good actors, but they're still, you know. They played their part. <laughs> I guess. Leave them alone. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's I guess that's okay. Um, so let's talk about the the end. Let's talk about yeah, uh, you sure. know uh, Jack and Ben because again, to me, those last five minutes were they were the most intriguing to me. Um, they were the ones that really made me sit up at attention and be like, okay, like what what's going on? And it's really it's the first time we hear Ben's real name. We know his Ben. We know his name is Ben at this point. But we don't know his name is Benjamin Linus. This is the first time we're getting mm-hmm. his full his name in full uh, for the first time. And that he lived on the island his whole life. Which is not the truth. Correct. That's a lie, as we will find out that's later. That's a lie. That's a lie. That is a lie. The lie detector lie, test determined a that's a lie. Well, he's a liar. So, you know. I mean, there's there's elements of truth to that because he has lived on that island a majority of his life but he has not lived there all his life. You know, he came to that island as a kid with his father. So, but we'll get to that as we as we go there. Um, you know, but if and out of anybody on that island, if there's anybody else in the group of others who has the right to say they've been there pretty much like all their life, it's him. Because he has. He's been there a majority of his life. Okay. <laughs> All right, nothing to say to that. That's fine. <laughs> um, but the most interesting part of this to me, and this is this is kind of where we'll wrap up discussion on the episode, is when the television is brought in. And the Sox won the series after all. Which is, you know, going into the hole, that was what his father used to tell him all the time. And that's why the Sox will never win the World Series. He looked absolutely shell-shocked that he missed the Sox winning the series. I mean, it was, that was an incredible nonverbal acting feat by um, Matthew, Matthew Fox. He, I almost called him Matthew Shepard. Matt Shepard. That's, that's why, that's why I I, I paused there for a second. I was like, it's not Shepard, Kristen, get it together. (laughs) Um. But that was just like, you know, I'm a huge Laker fan. And I remember um, 
the when the Lakers won the first time after that really long drought. And it wasn't really long as far as like the Sox go, but it was a long drought for the Lakers. And that feeling of just elation when it happened and um or when the Saints won the Super Bowl, they went from the Aints to the Saints. I mean, there there's if you're a sports fan, you know, or when the Cubs won won the World Series. I'm not a huge Cubs fan, but I'm pretty good friends with um a, a Cubs family and holy cow. I mean, the, they didn't stop celebrating, I think for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> so I get, I, I just felt that moment with Jack Shepard. And I just thought that that was really, really well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and you're right. That was fantastic acting for Matthew Vox. I, I know, you know, we, we criticize Jack a lot. Um, but this was one of those episodes where I have no criticisms of Jack at all. I mean, and this is where, we're going to see a big this is a breaking point for Jack. Um, you know, this is a moment where he kind of starts to accept things the way they are. And, you know, we talked a little bit about how Juliet kind of broke the the feral animal in him. Uh, and Ben just continues with that in this. And he does it in more of a humane way in telling him, you know, like, I can get you home. And not only does he say, like, I can get you I can home. take you home. I can take you home. Um, he proves it by showing him that they have connection to the outside world. Jack no longer feels isolated um, in that meaning. He no longer feels like a crash victim. He now feel he all it takes is that little glimpse of hope uh, to a connection of the outside world to re- kind of reel him in and calm him down. See, and but Ben knows that that's what Jack needs to get Jack to do what Ben wants him to do. He can't do that with people like Sawyer and Kate who have nothing to go home to. Sun and Jin have nothing really to go home to. Saeed has nothing to go home to. Um, Hurley would have something to go home to. But other than Hurley, I can't think of anybody that could have that work on other than Jack. So Ben knows Jack pretty well enough to know what could get him to be compliant with what Ben needs from him. Well, not only that, but Ben has a specific, or Jack has a specific skill that Ben needs. And that's his hands. He, he needs him for, he needs him to perform surgery. Hurley can't do that for him. Sawyer and Jack, or or Jack and, or God, Sawyer and Kate, Saeed, none of them can do that for him. Jack is the only one that can do this. So to right now, to Ben, Jack is the most important person. Right. No, I understand that. I And I completely agree with you. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that, you know, trying to entice anybody else with the outside world, I don't think would work on anybody else. No, I agree with you. I agree with which you shows that he knows he knows who he's dealing with, which is completely different than the situation that Ben was earlier in with the Losties and the fact that they had no idea who he was. All they knew was that the, there are other people on the island that have kidnapped and killed their people and that they weren't going to let him go for anything. So it it's, you know, the same situation from two totally different perspectives. Yeah. But it also kind of shows another connection between Saeed and Ben and that the the two of them are very similar um, in that they can both get a read on people. You know, and, and so, oh, yes. you know, Sawyer is good at reading people. Saeed is good at reading people. But, you know, Ben is also really good at reading people. 
I mean, look how look how well he played John Locke. You know, and now he knows how to. He kind yeah. of he's got a read on which Jack. makes me think. Which makes me think he could have. Um, now that you say that, he could have been watching John Locke this whole time. Yeah, he could have been. The reason why there's no monitoring at the hatch uh, at the end of of that episode, where or at when we see Ben um, looking in on Sawyer and Kate, I think, is because the hatch is gone now, isn't it? Oh yeah, the hatch is is right. Exploded. So with the hatch being gone, there would be no more monitoring, so we wouldn't see him watching the hatch in this instance. So you think that the monitors could be watching other things as well, and they're just not showing it because there's no reason Maybe. to see it anymore. Right. I, that makes sense. Or the, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, seriously, well, I, I I don't know. But for him to play Locke as well as he did. He had to have known more than just eavesdropping through the door. Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Or I, I mean, I, if I'm wrong, tell me. No, no, I don't think you're wrong at all. I, I, I think I still think th- those monitors are a little limited because I think we'd see static from a monitor oh, if it was no longer yeah. monitoring. That'd be the hatch. cool. Yeah, that'd like be one cool because it would be like an, in like an Easter egg in indication that things were not well at the hatch <laughs> <laughs> strange things are afoot at the circle K. Uh, yeah this- <laughs> <laughs> bad things are afoot at the swan station right exactly so the circle of swan um, the circle of swan any final notes on the episode before we move into the feedback no i'm good yeah, we I, it always happens. We always talk more when we don't have as we don't much have notes. a lot of notes. Yep. But we went yeah, we, we went off more. script so much in this one. Eh, it happens. It does. I don't care. It always happens. It's fun. Um, but yeah, as we mentioned, we do have some listener feedback as well. Uh, but before we go into that, as we said at the top, we want to encourage you guys to leave us feedback at the same time. And there are multiple ways that you can do that. First and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are kind of on Instagram at lost revisited <laughs> pod. Still don't, still can't uh, log in. <laughs> yeah, I've been locked out of this account. <laughs> we may have to start over. Technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. Uh, which we have feedback at who uh, from people who have done that this week and that our buddy Steve has sent us another voicemail. Yeah. As he always does. I love him. Um, Real quick, uh, I know we have another piece of listener feedback from uh, from Le- uh, Lita. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm, again, I apologize if we pronounce your name wrong. Um, and it's very quick. It's just one sentence, and I think it even goes back to last week's episode. Um, but if you wanna, if you wanna mention that real quick, unless you unless you don't have it in front of you, and I can read it. No, I can do quick. it. Okay. Uh, Lita comes uh this is was just about a tale of two cities but she said uh <laughs> she said my mouth is dry from the thought of the taste of those fish biscuits that's it lita <laughs> aka rose of rose and bernard fame <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, which leaves us with the other final piece of feedback, and that is a voicemail from our buddy Steve Brown. So let's go ahead and play that now. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and this is for uh, The Glass Ballerina, uh, Lost Season 3. And, uh, you know, it was interesting, that scene on the boat, you know, for a moment, the old Jen comes back, but yes. then, you know, he, he pulls back when Sun shows her strength, the strength and the knowledge that she has of being able to sail the boat. I really like that. Uh, does Ben really want the boat, you think, or does he just not want our group to have it? Hmm. I don't know. I loved Sawyer's observational skills, not only in the fighting, but just in how he saw uh, the guy looking at Colleen and all that. Um, I absolutely love seeing this Jen and son relationship in this, in this light because I never watched it this way before when I rewatched the, the show. So it's, it's nice to get this new perspective on seeing how much they truly love each other, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, when did that night or, or, or time with the, the other guy occur? It had to be pretty close because we know pretty, pretty close to when they make the trip to Australia because the, because she isn't sure about who the father is. Remember that's where I know that's later, but anyway, I just was, I thought that was interesting. Um, this is the first time we get to see Saeed uh, and Jin in a little bit, but not really, uh, make a tactical mistake, really, because he had no idea they were going to be looking uh, for the boat. And I like that Sun must have realized they had come from the water because she hadn't didn't hear any shots on the beach, so she didn't think Jin was dead, as she had told Saeed. And uh, I thought that was supposed to be a solo sailboat race around the world. Why does the boat have a motor? Is that, I, I mean, it just, I thought that was interesting. And um, the other people that are working on at this site, who are they? And uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, my two minutes are up. Talk to you later. <laughs> uh, thanks, Steve. Yeah, I'm, you Can know. Can I just the, say oh. really quick, Steve, I miss you so much. I love <laughs> hearing your voice so much. It is so good to hear. It's so good to hear you. You say that every week, but I don't disagree with you at all. I know. I just, I miss, I miss my friend, Steve. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we brought up the whole thing about who the other workers are. Uh, and that's kind of a mystery at the same time. As far as the boat goes, even, um, even sailboats, even if it's just a one person race, uh, most boats are still going to have motors. Uh, they, they're more for, uh, docking procedures and, and things like that. Or if you're caught, uh, in a place where there is no wind and you, and you still have to return back. So it's even sailboats have motors. So that I didn't think anything of there being a motor in that, in that sailboat. I didn't, I don't, I know nothing about sailing. So I think, Cool. They know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> so, but it is interesting too to to point out that he's right. Saeed kind of did make a tactical error in that he was assuming they were going to come from one direction and they weren't coming for them. They were coming for the boat. So, it's it, you know, it's it's a matter of how you look at things. And Yeah, but they, how were they supposed to know that they were coming for the boat? I mean, I think, their, yeah. their entire experience has been these people are out for their people. So to come for the boat, that that's actually an outlier in what has been happening over the course of their stay on the island. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. 
So, so okay, so maybe not as much of a tactical error as just a, a misjudgment. I feel like I'm being really argumentative today, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> Don't know. You're not being argumentative. You're just debating okay. points, and that's that's one of the reasons why I'm I like podcasting with you. All right. I just like for some reason, like what as we're wrapping this up, I'm like, gosh, I got I have to chill. <laughs> it's it's all because of Matt's show feedback and how we agree with each other too much. <laughs> that's that's the reason why. Um, okay. But I think that's going to wrap it up for discussion on the uh, on the episode and for listener feedback. Uh, again, we you know as we got new two new uh, listeners bringing in feedback this week, we encourage you guys to leave us feedback for future episodes. Next week, we are talking about uh, further instructions, which is all about I think is a lock flashback. It's a lock flashback. Yes. Okay. All right. So I was correct in that too. And we're- him becoming a hunter. That's right. Yeah. And we're, we're kind of, um, we're taking a break from Hydra Island for a little bit and focusing more back on the, uh, the Losties and the beach and the, because I like them and the aftermath of the hatch, Yay. Uh, and the aftermath of that, of that whole incident. So yeah. Any final notes from you before we, uh, we wrap things up? Uh, no. I actually, um, I have a recommendation. I don't know if I've recommended this yet, but we just finished uh, John Adams, which is it's which a was a series. series. So good, it was so so good, so good, and it really. Um, I'm I'm a huge nerd for um, uh, American Revolution history. I I read anything and everything I can get my hands on from that time period and the founding fathers and, and the start of our country. Um, I have and, been to Valley Forge National Park with you. I know how you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a nerd, um, which is fine. But um, but this this really opened my eyes on some stuff that I hadn't really known about since uh, or before. And um, it, it actually formed some of uh, old opinions into new opinions. And I just, if... If you're looking for something kind of brainy to watch and really entertaining, I highly recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime. And it's Go it's a give it a watch. It's a fantastic. It was originally an HBO series. Um, yes, it's also on HBO. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it was only seven episodes, so it's it's pretty easy to get through. But Paul Giamatti apps is is a fantastic John Adams. Uh, Laura I, Linney is incredible yeah, as Abigail. Abigail. Adams. Uh, David Morse as George Washington is fantastic. Who, there is when it's his inauguration day for for um, Washington's inauguration scene in John Adams. You actually believe George Washington is on set. It's incredible. There, yeah. there is a, a far away pan. There's a pan shot of the whole room, and he's in the the black uh, the black crushed velvet suit with with the white. Um, I don't know scarf thing and his powdered wig and the way that he's standing he wore a nose that looked exactly like um washington's nose it is it's scary how accurate it is so well, and um stephen delane who was stannis baratheon in game of thrones he plays thomas jefferson he's fantastic as thomas jefferson tom wilkinson tom wilkinson is as, as ben franklin that, that's the one i was gonna yeah. say he is and amazing. he won he won a Golden Globe and an Emmy for for his role as Ben Franklin, and he was fantastic. The whole the whole thing 
start to finish is fantastic. And I just, uh, before, you know, fall TV starts uh, and if you're looking for something to watch, I highly recommend it. You're making me want to go back and watch it. And I already have so much other stuff to watch. And, like I No, you have to watch New Girl. I know. I knew that you were going to say that. As- <laughs> that that's, because, that's because you're not allowed to watch anything else other than that. <laughs> Or, or Rachel and I are going to kill you. Yes, I know. I know. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Um, I And, you know, it, it's I, it's funny because, you know, we mentioned Tom Wilkinson as Ben Franklin. I love uh, Tom Wilkinson. He, when he plays those historic characters, um, when he played, uh, God, I, I think he was Cornwallis in The Patriot. Oh, yeah. He, I, The Patriot, see... I get a lot of criticism because I put the Patriot above Braveheart. I can see that. I think Braveheart is a, an amazing movie, but I think the Patriot is just, it's so historically inaccurate, but as it is in, it's a fictional story told during the revolutionary war, but right. it's still, I find it so intriguing and I, I love it. I, like I put mm-hmm. that movie above Braveheart and I will watch that movie anytime that it's on. And yeah, I think he plays, um, I love both of those movies, so we're good. I'm trying to. I'm pretty sure he's he's Cornwallis in in the Patriot. I'm kind um, of yeah. And if anybody actually likes you know American history stuff or revolutionary stuff or anything like that, uh, you can message me. I have a whole stack of books that I can recommend. Um, that you know, I've I've got a whole bookshelf of books that I've read that are phenomenal. Joseph J. Ellis is my favorite historian. He's amazing. Um, I like Ben said. I am a complete and utter nerd for this for this stuff. Um, more so than I am a nerd for probably anything else. <laughs> um, <laughs> which sa- which is saying something. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know what? I like this whole giving recommendations at the end for other stuff that we like. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to make one. Uh, cool. This is a new series that I've been watching. It's only six episodes this season, but I and there's only been four so far, so there's still two more. I am you. I know you know this about me by now, but I am a huge like Gordon Ramsay fan. Like I love mm-hmm. Hell's Kitchen, Kitchen Nightmares, you know, Hotel Hell, like all those movies, all those shows. Uh, he actually has another show right now on Nat Geo, um, so it's more educational. But it is it's called Gordon Ramsay Uncharted, and it's basically him traveling the world uh going and meeting with like indigenous people to the country that they're in and learning about like all these like unique flavors from you know natural foods and natural elements and then uh challenging himself at the end with all these local foods to put together a meal and he cooks for the indigenous people to see (laughs) like how they think what they think about his cooking of their ingredients and it's i love it it's 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 great because you get to see like the landscapes of all these beautiful countries you get to and it's not just him like going to like a shop and getting these ingredients like if these ingredients are found at the bottom of a waterfall he is going down to the bottom of the waterfall to get them you know, it's so it's and yeah. he's nice to them, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's nice. Okay. that's a whole <laughs> it's a character that he plays. No, I know. I'm just I'm just being funny. But it is funny that you bring that up because he did go to one. I think he was in uh, Australia. Episode four, this last episode. And he goes into a restaurant to try this local cuisine that they have there. And the woman doesn't want to serve him because he's mean because she, <laughs> because she thinks he's mean. Because he is. It's a character. 
blah, blah. He's got a reputation and he doesn't care. But that's fine. I don't care. Yeah, but I really don't. But I, I love him. It's called Gordon Ramsay Uncharted. It's on Nat Geo. It's, it's such a great series. And again, there's awesome. only six episodes. So Cool. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, I think that wraps it up for uh, for this episode of We Have to Go Back. Uh, you know, next yes, week, as we mentioned, uh, further instructions is uh, the next episode, and that's about it. Any anything else for me before we go? No, man, I'm good. All right. So in that case, with that being said, thank you for listening. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for everything. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. <laughs>